Kopitar to take this draw. Against Setterberg once again, top line against top line. Paul Ledoux, a shot, score! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Brown to the goal line. Same team collision, Kopitar and Dowdy far side. Kopitar pops back up to his feet. Brown is there, jamming back behind. They score! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Well, we're now more than halfway through March, and the entire month, that's all eight games, have been a frustrating dance of one good win followed by one annoying loss. Uh, Now, three of those games were Saturday afternoons, and the Arizona loss was on back-to-back nights on the road, so I suppose there are built-in excuses, uh, but it hasn't made this month any less frustrating, you guys know. Fortunately for the Kings, every other team in the conference not located in Winnipeg, Nashville, or Las Vegas seems to be going through the exact same struggle. So it's going to come down to the last three weeks of the season and likely the last few games. Uh, so buckle up, Kings fans. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a race to the finish. Never miss an episode by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify Premium, Google Play, or any other podcasting service. Subscription links and recent episodes can be found at lakings.com slash podcast. I'm here at Citizens Business Bank Arena following the Reigns OT victory over the San Jose Barracuda with Dave Joseph. How are you doing today, Dave? Happy birthday uh, to you. <laughs> How about that, big fella? Now, by the time people hear this, it'll be uh, whatever. It'll be long you still get birthday uh, accolades, right? Uh, yeah, sure. It's your birthday. It is. You're 22. It feels good. I wish. Right? I'm a man now. I'm 40. You're a man. Damn it. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Happy Thank birthday. You. It's good to actually spend this time with you on your birthday. Thank I feel, you. I feel a little bit more special for being a part of your big day. This is it, man. This is this is what I'm doing. This is what we do. <laughs> People kept asking me, you got anything special planned for your birthday? And I was like, no. I'm going to hockey. I'm going to go watch an AHL hockey That's game. nothing better than that. <laughs> it, was that or, it was that or sit at home and listen to, listen to a guy mow my lawn. Uh, Real quick before we get to the Kings, the rain, uh, they're winning overtime here. They're in a very similar position to the Kings. Uh, how do they look to you? You're out here way more than I am. Yeah, I, I thought tonight uh, a little back and forth tonight. They looked good to start the game. They scored the first two goals of the game, and, and things started looking good. And then uh, they got into some penalty trouble. They took some penalties that maybe they didn't want to take. A couple of strange penalties, too. A couple of uh, uh, delay of game, face-off violation penalties. <laughs> which, that's the first time as a PA announcer I've called them all year. I know other the, other teams have yeah. had those penalties, but the first time we've seen it, and we've had two in the same game. It was absurd. And then there was the penalty against San Jose for the goaltender playing the puck outside the trapezoid. Yeah. So, all in all, it was kind of a strange game from a penalty perspective. Uh, but I think all in all, this is a good stretch for the rain. They're coming off a win over Milwaukee mm-hmm. uh, Saturday night. So this is good for them to put together a couple of wins here and move up in the standings, uh, go past San Diego in the standings, and I believe now in second place in the Pacific Vision. So there you go. looking good right now for the rain. Let's hope they hold on to this playoff spot, make it into the postseason. And uh, not just my birthday, but Kingston's birthday as well. You share a birthday with Kingston. And the Stanley Cup. That's pretty amazing. And Corey Schneider. It's a big hockey Is there anyone else? Are you no, missing it? Like the it. Fonz? Oh, is it like Henry Winkler born today? Look at you. Yeah, there you go. Oh, my goodness. I looked it up this week. I share a birthday with Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> so so there's that. Rarified yeah, there's a, there's a, uh, No, There's only 365 days in a year, so you'd think like there'd be, you know, like... A lot more people born on this day? Yeah. I'm sure there are. Somehow they all cluster, right? Like there's one day where, you know... Oh, 200 celebrities are all born on yeah, yeah, March yeah. 18th, where it's like, yeah, me and Zidane Achara. Not that I'm a... Anyway. That's, that's pretty anyway. good company. Pretty good company. <laughs> Moving on to the Kings. So we're doing a, the weekly recap, so we're going to start out with the, the Vancouver game. They won 3 to nothing. There was, you know, 
the inevitable, well, it's just Vancouver. But they did beat them. They beat them handily. Uh, but then the very next night, they go on the road and have to get to overtime against Phoenix. Sorry, Arizona. Uh, what did you think of those two games back-to-back? Was It was a weird Monday-Tuesday home-road situation. Yeah, and I liked the Vancouver game. Uh, obviously, Vancouver playing without Brock Besser, too, which hurts yeah. Vancouver's chances in... Uh, who knows if or how he would have changed that game. I'm sure he would have in, in some form. Uh, but a win is a win nonetheless. Yeah. And it's always odd playing, to me anyway, playing on Monday nights at Staples Center. Mm-hmm. I know there have been a few Monday night games this year, but it just has there's a weird vibe. Yeah. It's a strange vibe in the building. It doesn't. It's not like your typical Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, like Kings fans are accustomed to being at Staples Center. Um, but I did like the outcome. Obviously, I like the outcome. The two points is huge, especially this time of year. It's a team you have to beat. Then you follow that up with the Arizona game, like you were saying. And a lot of people were knocking the Kings for that game. And, and I understand you're in a bad position. You put yourself down. Jeff Carter's got to score a couple of goals to get you back in the game. That being said, you still have to keep in mind, it's the second of a back-to-back. You've got to travel. I know it's a quick trip. You're still getting on a plane. You're still going the night right after the game. You're, you're getting in relatively late, not super late. You're still getting in late. Uh... It just kind of throws things off a little bit. The second of the back-to-back is always difficult. For them to get one out of a possible two points in that game, I'll take that. Should they beat Arizona? Most nights, yes. But in that case, the second of a back-to-back, it wasn't the the perfect situation, but I'll take a point. Three out of a possible four points in those two games, I'll take that. Yeah, to me, it it just depended on, on where you would shift your focus. Right, you could take the look at it like, okay, they beat Vancouver, they get to overtime against uh, Arizona, then they beat. Sorry, we're watching a sheriffs versus fire department game. Then they beat Detroit, so you're looking at five out of a possible six points in a three-game stretch. You know, maybe it should have been six out of six, but whatever. But then if you sort of shift your focus in a little bit closer and you realize it was the way they lost, that was sort of disappointing. But then I found that if you, you know, readjusted and looked even a little bit closer, to me the Arizona game. Was was hilarious. It was the funniest game of the year because they got down so quickly, and you know, it's another game where the other team scored first. I think we're at like forty nine out of seventy two games or something this year. It's crazy. Uh, but then at times during that game, you saw clearly how much better the Kings were than Arizona. Right? It was almost calming because you realized, oh, right. This is them beating themselves. This is not some last place team somehow finding a miracle, you know, strategy to beat the team or whatever. Like Arizona no, it didn't take it to to the no. Kings. That it wasn't. It was the. I don't. Would you say their own fault? I mean, they kind yeah, of dug themselves that <laughs> hole. And keep in mind, you're also playing. You're not playing Jonathan Quick because right. he's not playing back to back nights. So Jack Campbell's a goal. Again, I thought Jack played a, a good game. Mm-hmm. It's not certainly not the goaltender's fault. I'm not placing the blame on him. But it's a different goaltender, so keep that in mind as you play that game. Yeah. But I, I would agree with you. I would definitely agree. With you. There was one play that stood out to me that, that just showed in my like. I mean, I just literally burst out laughing. It was in overtime. It was after the goal had been called back for for uh, I guess interference. The Dowdy goal. Yeah. The, or, yeah. Non goal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right, it's right. crazy. Whatever it is these days. But but after that, I'm pretty sure it was after that. And there was a play where they there was a scrum and the puck got shot on net and it wound up behind the goalie, and Lewis was basically at the goal line, and there was a Coyote defender on him. And the play took less than two seconds, but, but Lewis used his body to sort of casually interfere. It's my new favorite 
play in the NHL is sort of a casual interference. If he'd done it a little bit more deliberately, it would have been in a penalty. But he just got position, boxed the guy out, and then Dowdy came in and picked up the puck. And you're just watching that going like, oh, yeah, man, these they are just better than Arizona at every facet of the game. Even the tiny little... You know, Bonnie positioning things, and they just, like I said, they beat themselves. So but it just goes to show you that on any given night, anything can happen. You get a bounce here, a bounce there, a lucky break here or there, whatever it might be. Goaltender's off his angle on a bad shot, whatever. I'm not saying that's the case in that game, but on any given night, anything can happen. And I think that's the case in that game, especially on the second of a back to back. So then we come to Saturday night, St. Patrick's Day. Or Saturday afternoon, right? Afternoon, and that's yeah, the yeah. key. Yeah, it is. That's the key. <laughs> Continue. And the Kings get shellacked. Uh, don't even score a goal. It's the, the first and last game my mother will ever attend. <laughs> what did Mom have to say about that game, by the way? There, she she loved it. She was great. She did. You know? I mean, she's never she's never so much as watched a hockey game before, much less been On TV, one. even? No, or? she doesn't care. Really? Yeah, she doesn't like hockey. Okay. <laughs> um, so, what did she think the PA announcer was? So she, she was enamored of, uh, of the PA. Actually, oh, great. She, I'm a big fan actually, of the moms then, too. She really did, like, <laughs> she really did, actually. She commented on it, because she's she's a fan of spectacle, yes, if yes, not sure. hockey. So she, she loved all of the little flourishes. Tell her I said thank you. I will. I desperately wanted there to be at least one goal. Right, right. Right, so right. she could hear the whole thing. But anyway, um, but again, I felt like the Kings beat themselves. I really didn't. I mean, there were moments where New Jersey looked great, but there were no moments where I thought the Kings even looked very good. And I think that's a Kings problem, not a devil, uh, you know, strength. Yeah, and, and obviously New Jersey's fighting for a playoff spot as well. So they've got as much on the line as the Kings do. They're, they're trying to get in just like the Kings are trying to do. So mm-hmm. they're going to come out guns a-blazing. We saw what Nico Hishier looks like. I mean, I was impressed. Yeah. Kid's kid's a rookie. He can fly, flat out fly. He's got great hands. And they use their speed really well. They use their speed very well. Taylor Hall was flying out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had a point or not. I don't think he did, but still flying up and down the ice. Um, I, I think the Kings, frankly, made Keith Kincaid look like Marty Brodeur in net. Yeah. Uh, 19, 19 shots in the first period. Right. Yeah. And it's like you get 19 shots in the first period, you don't score a goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. But look at that first period. The power play opportunities that the Kings had in that first period, a five-on-three for, what, about a minute 20, minute 30, something like that, and they weren't able to convert. I think if you're in that situation, most times if you don't score on a five-on-three in a game, you're probably not going to win that game or your chances are not going to win that game. They had a lot of opportunities in the first. Unfortunately, they didn't, they didn't capitalize and couldn't find, find the back of the net for the rest of the game. And I think they wound up going one for six or one for seven on the power play. It's a Saturday afternoon game. They let the other team score first. If you look at the heat map where all the shots are coming from, New Jersey had a bright blue blob right in the crease, and the Kings was, like, above the left faceoff circle. And, you know, 19 shots on goal is great, but if you're not getting them from high danger areas... Right, and I think, I think that's... If you go back and look at it, you'd probably see, yeah, we want to get more in that home plate area in front of Keith Kincaid. I like to see Dustin Brown parked in front of the net as much as possible. I know that's where he kind of makes his money. That's where he earns his keep down there. It was good to see him down there. Unfortunately, like I said, it didn't pay off. Um, That being said, hey, those Saturday afternoon games... There aren't any for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> so Kings fans, you have something to look yeah. forward to. No 1 o'clock games on Saturdays for the rest of the season. And they go on the road for a while now, and I'm almost relieved because they have, what, a, a three- or four-game road trip and then home for the rest of it. And it, and everybody plays everybody else. You know, we've already seen today, um, almost at Vancouver, Vegas beat uh, Calgary. Colorado won, but, you know, Calgary winds up playing the Ducks. 
and the Kings and uh, and Vegas again, and I think they have two games against the Coyotes who are playing really well. Are, most of those games are going to end up being three-point games. Unfortunately, right? yeah. That's so, the way it always turns out. So it's going to be an interesting stretch run. Uh, the other sort of debate going on right now is is for the Hart Trophy. And everybody, the, the, today, you know, on Twitter, all the arguments were should Connor McDavid qualify, even though his team is, whatever, 17 points out of the playoffs. But everybody's talking about Malkin or Bergeron or McKinnon or Hall or Kucherov or Wheeler. And nobody, there's sort of a tiny backlash building, but nobody's really talking about Kopitar. How, how ridiculous is that? It, well, it, it's not ridiculous at all from, from this perspective and okay. this perspective only. All of the guys you mentioned play outside of the Western or the Pacific time zone. Right. So, and this has been said before, I'm not breaking any news here. If Andre Kopitar played anywhere but the West Coast, yeah. he'd be in the conversation. Frankly, the people who vote don't stay up for West Coast games, yeah. typically. So they don't see the greatness that is Andre Kopitar every single night. Every night, he's got points. Mm-hmm. Every night, he's the best defensive player on the ice. One of the best, if not the best, every single night. How he's not in the in the running, in the talk, in the conversation, is because he plays on the West Coast. It has to be. There's no yeah. other... Dude, he's got the points. He's up there in points. Defensively, face-off percent. You name it, he does everything he's supposed to do, and yeah. then some. He should be in the conversation. However, he plays in Los Angeles, and that's the case, unfortunately. And, and it's one of those things, and I'll be... I'll be complaining about this in greater detail for the next three weeks. But you can't tell me that a reporter from anywhere from the mid, from the mountain time zone on East is watching Jets games, Golden Knights games, and Kings games. Like, it's impossible, right? Like, you can't... You just can't watch every game. Right. You know, I've tried to watch multiple games at the same time, and what happens is you lose any kind of focus on either of them, and you're just sort of getting a general sense of so what's who happening. Do you, so who do you pick? Do you pick, do you want to watch Nathan McKinnon? Do you want to watch McKinnon play in Colorado? Do you want to see what, what Vegas is doing every single night? Most people are focused on the Vegas game because... If I'm Canadian, I'm watching Winnipeg. If you're Canadian, you're watching Winnipeg, right. Yeah. So what's your what's your option? Yeah, you're, you're Calgary. Kind of, right, or, kind yeah. of your last, your last option, so to speak. I put it in air quotes here, uh, is to watch... The LA Kings play hockey, yeah. and Andre Kopitar is on the LA Kings, and and unfortunately, that's just the case where people don't see enough of him. If he played in Boston, yeah. if he played in Chicago, if he played in Tampa, if he played in Detroit, he'd be in the conversation. Like, no questions asked, he'd be in the conversation. That's not the case. And I would go a step further and say, if, like, let's say somehow there had been a, a twist of fate, and he had wound up in Washington, and Ovechkin had wound up in a different market. And let's say uh, Leonsis had given Kopitar free reign to exploit his offensive abilities the way that Washington was built around Ovechkin. This is just me complaining about Ovechkin again. But, right, like, I have no doubt that if Kopitar had wound up in a different system with a different coaching staff and a different management team that, that didn't use him as a full 200-foot player, that just told him, like... You know, ball out. Go ahead. Be Steve Stamkos. He'd be a hundred point. He'd be a hundred point guy every year. Absolutely, With, I, without question, he'd yeah. be a hundred point guy every single year. You, and and it'd be, it wouldn't even be close. Right. It wouldn't even be close. He'd have his thirty plus goals, mm-hmm. and he'd have seventy assists. Or he might. Would he approach forty goals? Maybe. I, I 
I mean, frankly, he, frankly, he's going to get thirty to thirty-five. Well, I was just going to—he's—he's at thirty now. Right. He's what is he? Thirty? Twenty-nine? I mean, he's, he's somewhere in there. Yeah. Like he's yeah. He's not—he's not a young man. He's not a what twenty-four-year-old, twenty-five-year-old kid. Like right. And he's playing on a team that still needs him to play a full defensive game. Right. But he just doesn't have like the Daryl Sutter shackles on, and he's still. You know, somehow he manages to put up those points. Yeah, somehow yeah. he's got he's a, goal. a career. Year. Somehow he's got a goal and two assists yeah. every game. It seems like right yeah. or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think the the best part about watching Andre Kopitar, just in my own opinion, from ice level, is the way he a controls the game, b slows down the game. He has such a vision, and he's able to slow down the game to get it where he wants it. It's kind of it's Gretzky esque, where he sees things that other people aren't seeing, and. C, point number, point letter C, I guess not even number C, letter C, is the way he is able to fend off other players when they're trying to take the puck from him. He gets the puck and can can give a guy a forearm shiver and just push him off like he weighs 130 pounds, like it's it's a flea on his side. He just shoves him off, boom, he's got the puck. He's so strong. It's like... It's almost watching a, a grown man play against boys when he's out there. I mean, it's so incredible to watch. And it's a small nuance of the game. But just to see it at ice level, it's incredible how he almost toys with people. And if and you're right. If he played anywhere else, if the, if the, if the uh, shackles were released, as you were saying, easily he'd have 100 points. Yeah. I mean, you have 70, 80 assists every single season. He's got, he's got 80 points in 72 games. He's winning 54.2% of his face-offs. And when they get to overtime, like, never mind that their record in overtime is unbelievable over the course of whatever the seven years it's been since yeah. they instituted it. When it's he and Dowdy and Carter or he and Dowdy and, or, you know, or whatever it is, you, you can just, like, he, well, there's a reason their record is so much better. It's because they are so much more talented than these right. other players. The skill players. level yeah. with those three players is off the charts. Yeah. It's literally off the charts. And, and it, it just boggles my mind. Like, I've decided this past week that I don't think the Hart Trophy should exist anyway. And if it does, the media shouldn't vote on it. So I've got a whole a whole bonkers thing about well, the Hart Trophy. But if you are going to have it, you are going to do it the way you are. The notion that like somehow Connor McDavid should win it over Kopitar just because he's you know, Connor McDavid, the flavor of the month. Like, uh, it just seems silly to me. Well, and just to, to add on to this whole skill level thing, uh-huh. a lot of people, you know, we're talking about Drew Doughty in the last game, and he had a turnover that led to a New Jersey goal, and you go, well, how does he do that? How, why, did, why would he leave the puck there? Well, I've got news for you. Drew Doughty did that one time. Right. And <laughs> he's probably won 10 games mm-hmm. where he made a similar move and it paid off. So I'll take that move every single time because... Drew Nowdy sees things out there that normal people don't see. They're not capable of seeing. Yeah. He's got, he's, he's operates at a different level, just like Kopitar, just like Carter, just like all the key players in the game. For him to make a mistake like that, that costs a team a goal, I'll take it. Because chances are he's going to come back and he's going to do it five more times and he's going to win the team yeah. the game. So that's the skill level we're talking about with these Well, players. and you see the people, uh, there was another call in the New Jersey uh, game for, for somebody tweeted at me and said, you know, trade quick, blow the team up. And it's like, okay, you say that because he, he led in the first goal. But meanwhile, they showed the stat before the game, and it's like his safe percentage is, you know, nine in the high 920s, and his goals against like 2.0. Find, find me another goalie like yeah, that. Yeah, like what do you tell me where you're going to find another goalie like that? I, just, I don't think Tampa Bay is trading their goalie anytime no, soon. No, and, and for all the people who want to blow the team up or who say, you know, like the window is closed, I, I just, I, I would direct you 
to every team over the last 15 years who aren't the Pittsburgh Penguins, Chicago Blackhawks, LA Kings, uh, Boston Bruins, or Detroit Red Wings. Like, right. You know, St. Louis tried to build it, you know, to blow it up and build it back up Look again. It didn't really, it didn't right. really work. Vancouver took a swing at it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, New York, the Rangers are constantly trying what it. What happened in Ottawa? Ottawa made a heck of a run yeah. last year, didn't they? And, and look where Ottawa is this year. So, you know, you have these players, and they are clearly still operating at the peak of their ability. Now, for some reason, they seem to be getting into a pattern right now where it's one game on, one game off. But as I've said recently, that's sort of how it is for every other team right now, other than uh, Vegas, Nashville, and, like, Tampa, right? Every other team seems to be going through these little fluctuations my new theory is that is that we don't yet properly understand how important the Vegas expansion draft was right every team is missing their sixth best player and in an 82 game season when depth matters every team is just a little except for the really really good teams right the elite quote-unquote elite teams every other team is a little bit hobbled you know, and some Vegas fans said, like, oh, are you going to cry on your pillow that, you know, that you don't have Braden McNabb this year? Like, who cares about Braden McNabb? And I thought about it, and I was like, well, how many rookies did we have on the blue line this year? Well, yeah, I mean, you look at it. So, well, Folan's not a rookie, but he's new to the team. So you got Folan. Yeah. Uh, Fantenberg. Yeah. Uh, who's now in Ontario. Uh-huh. Uh, McDermott. Yeah. Uh, Ledoux. Ravel. <laughs> Ravel, uh, not a rookie, but, but I guess rookie games. Yeah. Never games played. I don't know if he still qualifies. But, as he, but even if they're not rookies, like, right. not as stable as McNabb. Right. And they haven't been around for the same amount of time. Yeah. And they don't. They haven't been pro, a pro for as long a time as, and know what it takes at that level right. to do that every single game. So I see where you're coming from. I do see where you're coming from. And I do think that does make a difference. And, I th- and, it's, and, and it's not just the Kings, right? Like, every team lost, every team. Yeah. lost somebody. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I so, mean, over the course of an 82 season, it comes to be crunch time. You're having these back-to-back games. You, you're, some of your players are tired. Some of them, like, you know, Alex Iafalo, as much as we love him, he hasn't ever played an 82-game season before, right? Like, a lot of these rookies haven't played full season. So, it sort of makes sense to me. If it was just the Kings, I'd be tremendously worried. But... Colorado beats a team 5-1, to one and then they get shut out the next night. You know, in Calgary, right, is... Everybody was saying, oh, Calgary's dangerous. Well, they don't look that right. dangerous right. all of a sudden. And yeah. St. Louis, right, is loaded with talent. And earlier in the season looked like a, a shoe-in to make the playoffs. Well, I don't know. And they come into Staples and win, what, 7-2? Right. And then... And now they're losing to Chicago. And then, right, so you just never know. It's, it's, it, you're right, it's happening to every single team. Pretty much. Yeah. So my only... So it sort of leaves the only question of now, once we get to the playoffs, is it going to be a situation where one of those weird teams that's on the up and down cycle suddenly gels and comes together and goes on a crazy run? Or is it going to be Nashville versus Tampa in the final and and we'll all just sort of look at each other and go, yeah, well, we saw that coming. Well, it's going to be the L.A. Kings, Jesse. Naturally. (laughs) They're going to go on a run and uh, they're going to get into the playoffs and then they're going to do what they did in... You know, 2012, it's a very low seed, whether it's the mm-hmm. what, third in the Pacific or it's the second wild card or whatever it might be, because we don't know at this point. Right. But they're going to go on a run, and then they're going to eventually contend for the I Stanley meant, Cup. Sorry, I didn't mean to say national. I just oh. meant on the, in the Eastern Conference. Oh, I are, see. Yeah, are yeah, we yeah, going to sure. see Boston and Tampa Bay, or is it going to be, you know, like, you know, are Who's the, the Devils going to... Who's the sleeper team? Uh, I'd have to look at the standings. But I mean, like, New Jersey, I think, is the second wild card spot right now. Um... You know, Philadelphia, I think, is, is... I always look at the teams with good goaltending. I think yeah. it starts with good goaltending. So, is Corey Schneider 
uh, marquee status, elite status goaltender that's going to take you to that level? I mean, he, he could be, right? Um, Tampa Bay obviously has good goaltending. Toronto, is Toronto in the mix? Do they have, you know, elite goaltender status? Do they have... No. Here's what I look for. <laughs> the goaltender, uh-huh. number one center. Mm-hmm. How are you down the middle? One, two, right. three, four. But one, one, two is really important. And then do you have a standout defenseman? Do you have a Drew Doughty? Do you have an Eric Carlson? Do you have a, uh, a Roman Yossi? Do you have... It's got, you know, a char of... Yeah, he's toward the end of his career, but still... He's a beast back there. Do you have that one guy? Those guys kind of combine to make the nucleus of the team that you really need to succeed in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Those are the teams I'm looking at, and I don't know. I mean, does New Jersey have a, a big number one center that stands out, a big defenseman? Not better than Crosby and Malkin. Right, that, right. <laughs> and so I would think Pittsburgh, although they've played a lot of hockey over the last three, four seasons, yeah. is probably going to be in the mix again. Tampa Bay's got everything you need. They're probably going to be in the mix again. Nashville certainly has everything they need, and they just got Mike Fisher back from retirement. They've got everything they need in place. Those teams are poised to make a run. The question is, can a team like the Kings put it all together and compete with those guys? If this was basketball, I would put money on Pittsburgh versus Tampa in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Because they're just, they have the most talent, they have the most experience. Crosby and Malkin can take over a game. Stamkos and Kucherov are amazing. Hedman, Latang. You know, and then the goalies are, I don't know if Matt Murray is uh, quote-unquote elite. But he's won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, exactly. He's been there, and he knows yeah. what it's like to go through the map. And, and Vasilevsky's never won the Cup, but that team is so unbelievably good. And if I, if I, were, if I were to compare this to basketball, I would say it'll be Michigan State and Virginia in the championship game. Oh wait, they right. both lost. So <laughs> that shows you what sure. I know. Sure, but, but then again, are... I don't follow college basketball. No, no, but, so but I should have said the bracket NBA. Bracket busters, yeah, bracket busters. But that's the, but that is, that's one of the reasons I, and I, just, again, one more thing, I'm in the minority on in the world. But that's part of the reason I don't like college basketball is because you do have these one game, isolated moments where you know, like you saw in 2014 with the Kings, you know, they lose game one uh, to San Jose. And, and they lose game two and game three, and you're like, oh, man, that's it. But, of course, it wasn't. Um, but it just seems to me like Nashville, Tampa, and, and Pittsburgh are the teams that are, like you said, built the most traditional would you write way. Off, would you write off Washington at this point? Yeah. You would? Yeah. I, 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 know, I know I shouldn't, right? But I cannot help. Even though there's a tiny voice in my head that says one of these days they have to put it all together, they don't. And until they do, I won't believe it. And Alex Ovechkin goes down as... as Brett Hall. One of the best players to yeah. never win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Well, and, and, and immediately so, goes to the Hall of Fame. Well, this... So so I was I was uh, talking to <clears throat> my father this week. And I was complaining because, as usual, people keep accusing me of not liking Ovechkin. And, and I just want to once again reiterate... <laughs> that you I, don't like him. Well, I don't. But I don't... But I would never claim that he's not supremely talented. Right, like my argument has never been that he's not great. Hall of Famer? Yeah, sure. Okay, all right. I, I would even then say what you want. As long as you say that, you can say whatever you want. No, look, <laughs> you could convince me that he's the greatest goal scorer of all time. Right, like I'm here for that argument. I don't know. Maybe I still think Gretzky was better, but Robitaille. Look, I love Robitaille. Robitaille emotionally is the single greatest hockey player of all time. Say that, but I still believe Robitaille in terms of left wings. As far as, like, going to the dirty places and doing what had to be done, absolutely, Robitaille. Right. But if you wanted to talk about just purest shot, right, like from 20, 25 feet out, you know, 
just everybody knows where he's going to shoot from, and he still shoots and he still makes right. it. Right? Robotai would do things where you didn't see it coming, but he'd score. But but the point is, like, I'm willing to concede the idea that Ovechkin could be the greatest goal scorer of all the, time. The other guy that you just said is right is Brett Hall. Was the same yeah, exact way. But, but exactly, you could, you could say he's going to shoot here, right, on this spot on the ice. Try and stop. Try it. and stop it, and he'd score. Right, ninety percent. But time. here's my question: So what? Like, that's not actually how you win hockey games. And a Stanley Cup. It helps. It's a tremendous asset. But there are there is actually another fifty percent of the game, and you need other pieces yeah. in order to complement that major piece exactly. that you have. Do they have those pieces? I don't know. And and so my complaint has always not been with Ovechkin; it's been with the organization and how he's covered by the media. And I feel the same exact way about Jerome McGinley, about Brett Hull, about Mike Gartner, about right. There's a list of right wingers who the team was built around the idea of get the puck to the right winger, or left winger, I guess, in Ovechkin's case, although he's switched, but get the, get the puck to the high-scoring winger and let him do his thing and stay out of the way. And the problem is that establishes a system where you rely on that. All of your, all of your puck movement is oriented towards one guy. You know, everybody else on the line suffers, right? If you look at, at Aginla and Ovechkin and all of these guys, they take a tremendous amount of shots compared to their line mates. And everybody always says, well, yeah, you want the guy with the best sure. shot taking all the shots. And I just shrug and I go like, well, I'd rather win one to nothing than lose six to five. If, you know, like, and you can tell me Ovechkin's going to get four goals a night versus, you know, a night where he doesn't score. But if they win one to nothing off of a Jay Beagle you know, tip in in the last minute. <laughs> well, now you're talking. Now you're talking about. Essentially, you're talking about LA Kings hockey. Yeah, and and not 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 to put it down, not to badmouth it. That's typically the way the LA Kings win hockey games, and, right? And frankly, I'd rather watch the Kings win the Stanley Cup twice in three I, years. I'm with you. I'm then, with you. Then have a Hall of like, right. Like if Kopitar doesn't go to the Hall of Fame because the voters, you know, weren't paying attention, it'll suck for Kopitar. But for me, it's great because we got to watch them win the Stanley Cup. And his number will hang in the rafters. Exactly. And he's already got a statue, so right. I could live with that. Right. right I don't right. care. You know, like the personal accolades of the athletes don't. When I was younger, I cared. Right. Like when I was younger, and I fell in love with players. Right? And I wanted Robitaille to win the Stanley Cup. And I wanted Robitaille to go to the Hall of Fame. And I wanted him to have his jersey retired and all that. Well, I've lived through that. I've seen my favorite player and my childhood hero get everything he wanted. Now I just want to watch the team that I watch win. And I'm just not sure. But anyway, it's a, a long, long diversion away from talking about the Kings. Um, but the point is, I think you're right. They still have Kopitar. They still have Carter. They still have Doughty. They still have Quick. Anything's possible. Well, go down the middle. I mean, it, 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 Stanley Cup championship teams, normally it's the three guys, right? You have a number one center, the defenseman, the goaltender, all have to be marquee players. And then go down the middle, and normally it's your strength to center. So you got Kopitar, Carter, your third-line center could, it seems to vary, yeah. whether it's Kempe or whoever it might be, and then your fourth-line center, whether it's Nate Thompson or Amadio or whoever they're playing in that position. I'll take those four guys pretty much up against anyone else in the league at any point. That's pretty deep center a center position. Well, and they've done sort of what they did in 2012 where half the guys on the roster now can play wing or center. <laughs> and so Right, you can slide Mitchell into yeah. a center, you can play Amadio in the center. center, you can play Lewis, Lewis can play, can play center, center. Yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, their bottom six is five guys that can play. The only center. guys who don't play center are Toffoli, Pearson, and Clifford. Clifford and, and Brown, essentially. Right. The rest of the guys at any point, can pretty much yeah. step in and take and, a draw. And Brown can play either wing. Right. 
and pretty versatile bunch, yeah, exactly. which is what you need. Yeah, and and that's again why go back to the Ovechkin thing. You want you want versatility. You keep going back to that, don't you? Well, because it just drives me crazy. <laughs> uh, mostly because people know that it drives me crazy, and so they just needle me, and I'm not mature enough to let it go. But <laughs> but anyway, understood. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So we've got, hopefully, the Rain making the playoffs. Hopefully, the Kings making the playoffs. Hopefully, next year, we've got a whole new crop of young kids coming in. I wanted to come out tonight specifically to watch Matt Luff. Um, I was surprised to see him wearing number nine. But uh, I was distracted by uh, Connor Saucerman, or Colton Saucerman. Why were you distracted? Was it the last name? Yes. I love the last name, it's first the, of all. It's one of Saucerman the, is awesome. One of the greatest names I've ever It's the first I've thing I said when I saw yeah. the roster. I said, who's Saucerman? Yeah, That's a great I name. I did the exact same thing. And on top of that, if you don't know Colton Saucerman, look him up. Go to your computer. Go to the www. Mm-hmm. And do a little search for Colton Saucerman and check out the sweet beard that this guy has. Unbelievable this, beard. This is, this is, I'm trying to think of the best beards, uh, like Lanny McDonald. Uh, like uh, uh, God, who's the name escapes me right now? He, this guy has. First of all, he's bald. Yeah. Or he shaves his head. Yeah. yeah. So he looks like me in that regard. But he's got your beard. Yeah. But it's uh, huge. Like, huge. Yeah. Thick. Not one empty spot, and it's bright red. And somehow not gross. No. Like like Burns and Thornton. No, no right. It's not like disgusting, <laughs> right. hanging down. Yeah, six, yeah. Like it grows out to the perfect length. Yeah. It's full. This guy it has, like, hockey player written all over him. Yeah. And with the name of Saucerman, like, how can you go wrong? And, and so I looked him up because somebody asked me, does he lead the team in assists? And I was like, well, I think this is his first game in Ontario. Correct. So, But I looked up his Manchester stats, second on the team in assists, with fewer games played than the guy in front of him. Like, probably in assists per game, he probably does lead the Manchester. So he's got runner. some skill. He's got some saucers in Yeah. Him. I mean, it's... Yeah. it's a saucer pass from Saucerman. The only name I think that I like better for a specific sport is Quentin McCracken. In uh, I think he played for the Reds or something like that. Okay. I don't remember. But he's a baseball player. And in my mind, Quentin McCracken is just like the perfect. You didn't like former NHLer Lance Pitlick? That was my favorite. I mean, name. there's you know, there's always some great or, names. Or Garth Butcher. Or who were we? We were talking to McBean, <laughs> to Wayne McBean, and he mentioned some player. Uh, I forgot now, but it was like, yeah, I remember that guy just because I always of the, say the name. But Nothing screams hockey more than the name Garth Butcher. It's the best yeah. name you could, almost the best name you could possibly have in all of hockey. Garth uh, Gump Worsley is a, another great name. Another <laughs> but yeah, name. Colton Saucerman. Colton Saucerman is fantastic. Yeah, I haven't yeah. been this excited about a name since Tucker Pullman. Yeah, wearing number eight um, for your Ontario Rangers. Yeah, uh, number eight. And and you know, I, the, as soon as I put it out there on Twitter, the response: Manchester fans talked about how great he was. Ontario fans talked about how great he was with the kids today. Apparently, he is a great guy. Fan favorite. Yeah, and and I love it. So it's fantastic. Any and I dove deep into his uh, in his his social media and he's got a tweet where he's uh, probably not officially promoting a beard salve like a beard balm but he should so be. yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah oh yeah uh, somebody so, hooked this guy up he deserves yeah. it so I mean he's a little bit undersized and he's a little bit overage so I don't expect that we'll see uh, Colton Sosserman for your Los Angeles Kings anytime soon but but a fun name a fun guy to, <laughs> to have around uh, and uh, man, I forgot. I, every time I come out to a rain game, I always kick myself for not coming out more. Um, yeah, well, you bailed on the last one. You're supposed I know. to come to the well, last game and you bailed on that. So at the last minute, all of a sudden, I got this news that um, I got an email from the company that hosts the podcast saying, hey, you can, you can now access the podcast from your Echo device. So I said, okay, great. So I, I sent out a tweet and I gave the instructions and told everybody. And then I turned to my Echo device. I should have done this in reverse order. 
and said, you know, Echo, play all the King's Men. No, couldn't find it. Found a defunct King's podcast that hasn't existed for four years. Couldn't find mine. So then I had to... I have no <laughs> idea what you just said, but it sounds like technology is awesome. Technology like, I have no is, clue what you're talking technology about. Technology is the worst. Okay, gotcha. You know how many people work for iTunes, as far as I can tell? Uh, I don't know. None. <laughs> really? As near as I can tell, not a single human being actually works for iTunes. Gotcha. They work for Apple. They're aware uh, that iTunes understood. exists. Understood. But nobody actually... Anyway... I'm going to wrap it up there, Dave, because now we're just talking about all sorts of <laughs> nonsense. Thank you very much for joining me, as always. Thank you, Jesse. It's a pleasure. And happy birthday once again. Thank and you. I hope to see you right back here at Citizens Business Bank Arena very soon because Friday you're, night. you're missed when you're not here. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I will you're be here. I think it's Friday night, right? It is. All right. Friday night against the some other team. Uh, the Bakersfield Condors. There we go. The evil Bakersfield yeah. Condors. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't right. miss it. $2 Bud Night Light. And Kings fans, again, we say this every time I come out here, but really do yourself a favor. Come out. It's fun. It's a great building. It's a great crowd. And you get to watch some future Kings. So thank you, Dave. My pleasure. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. We'll talk to you soon.